Blog Talk Radio. This is the voice of the ASWF, Michael Carnahan, joined this week by my unfortunate broadcast colleague, Mr. Cornbread. Cornbread, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> unfortunate. Thanks, Mike. I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm I'm just ready for another great another great week of ASWF. I'm telling you, I, it's been too long since I've been gone. So guess what? I'm, I'm ready for some more ASWF. But, you know, I'm ready for tonight. Let's get it on. Yes, let's get right to it, ladies and gentlemen. At the start of the show, Joey Britt did something that uh, I have to commend him for, and that almost makes me sick to my stomach to even say. But Joey Britt finally righted the ultimate wrong in ASWF's history when he stripped Fred James of the ASWF Tag Team Championships and then announced a tournament to crown new champions. Like I said, a fan has absolutely no reason getting in the ring, and uh, I think Joey Brick finally came to his senses on that one, Cornbread. Well, well, I guess guess the best way I should put this is, um, Mike, one, you got your wish, (laughs) the ultimate Christmas wish. One of your Christmas wishes is you. Uh, two, I think, and, and, and two, I think, I think ASWF looked at this from almost like a PR perspective, if you know what I mean. And of course, twice we've had the miracle in Tuckerman, twice, and they both involved Fred James. Well, I think probably as respect to the roster, I mean, and and, and our roster is loaded. Loaded. Um, we're not talking about full. We're talking about loaded. There's a big difference between having a, a locker room that's full and a locker room that's loaded. And ASWS locker room is loaded with top teams. And I mean, it's crazy to say it, but I'm going to say it. Um, 
I think it was the right call, not just out of respect for the entire organization and especially over 20 years of blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice. Well, I think just for those teams, I think another, you know, the O word called opportunity has opened up for now more teams to get involved in this tournament, and we're going to talk about that coming up. Yes, we absolutely will talk about that coming up. But, I mean, obviously, the title tournament going to uh, conclude with at uh, Hostel Holidays getting uh, crowning brand-new ASWF Tag Team Champions. So, you know, something for these fans to look forward to. But let's go ahead and go through some of the seeding in this tournament. As we saw that uh, – I don't know if you've seen the bracket yet, Cornbread, but the number one overall seed is exactly who it should be. The former ASWF Tag Team Champions, the Storybook Prince, uh, Gaston, and, of course, Gary and Tier, seated at number one. And let's I agree be with honest, that. Is there, a tag team, is there a tag team that is around that can possibly compete with the former champs? Well, I mean, that, that goes back to my point earlier when I said, when I said the roster is loaded. And, you know, I, I think the I think the reason why they got the the call right is because Gary and Gaston were the last champions right before quote unquote Miracle and Tuckerman two happened. The whole controversy there. So I, I, I think they made I think they made the right call, but I'm not gonna sleep on any team in this tournament. And, I mean, while not talking about sleeping on any team in this tournament, we're going to get on to uh, some action here in just a moment. But I wanted your thoughts on the top two seeds. The number two seed, the Manai, Ray Ray, the Suicide Kings, and the Mistress of Mayhem, Asa Morta. To me, that right there, I'm not going to call it a wild card of this whole tournament. But I'm going to call it the turnaround for the Manat in, in this case. Because to me, and you know, I, I've said it before, and you and I have discussed it, especially with all the meetings and, and all the you know, the wars they have had with tons of teams, and that's really got them distracted somewhat. This is what they need. And even at, even at a number two seed, of course, with uh, Suicide King Ray Ray, of course, is. ASWF Hall of Famer, um, Asa Morta, former Evolution Champion. You know, you can't go wrong with this pick, and I, I like them at number two. Well, I mean, absolutely. The ASWF Championship Committee and the Board of Directors definitely uh, hit a home run with the top two seeds. I think they're seeded correctly. And, you know, I hate to yeah. give the Suicide King and Manai any sort of credit because you know as well as I do they're crazier than a coon. But, uh, you know, you look at this, and really you got to look at the Manai as really a strong number two that could make a case to be the number one seed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think well, so, too, um, especially, especially off their resume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about Ray just getting rid of the enforcer at Halloween Resurrection, and now as we go to Hostel yeah. Holidays – 
with the finals of the tournament looming, it's inter- it's going to be an interesting night for them and I, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's go ahead and talk mm-hmm. about the opening contest on uh, two weeks ago this Saturday. It was a uh, fatal four-way to determine the number one contender for the ASWF Evolution Championship. And, of course, we uh-huh. actually do have on the line the uh, – we actually do have on the line the uh, manager and the com- comadre of our Evolution champion, uh, DJ, who will be coming on in just a little bit to talk about Shane's match. But uh, Matt Odom, uh, we had Eston, the King of Punk. We had Tyler Knight, and, of course, we had uh, Christian. Uh, I mean, a heck of in the contest, and, of course, won by Tyler Knight. What an impressive role. I've got to give the man his due. What an impressive role Tyler Knight has been on here recently in the ASWF. And, 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 I'll, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll piggyback off that point, Mike, and with saying this. You know, Tyler Knight, he's, he's really been very, very impressive. Um, but he, he, he really needs to try to, you know, try to come up with the best formula to pick up those wins especially in winnable matches. And he did just that in that fatal four-way. And I'll tell you this, um, he can find, if he can literally find that, that combination to crack the code of Insane Shane, he could be the new Evolution champion. But, you know, as they say, that's easier said than done. Well, Tyler Knight has a uh, heck of a tree to climb. I mean, when you look at it, uh, insane Shane, you know, we talked about going into the penitentiary of pain that, uh, you know, quite a few of these veterans had experience and that the people who had experience in the penitentiary would have the advantage. And sure enough, it holds true that one of the members that had experienced the penitentiary of pain before walks out with the gold, that being insane yep. Shane. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, excuse the turn of phrase, but it's going to be hell to take that championship away from him. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you why, Mike. You know, if, if Tyler Knight goes into this match, or if Tyler Knight challenges for the Evolution Championship against uh, insane Shane, if he honestly tries to go, quote-unquote, you know, on the mat with Insane Shane, that'll be a problem. If he tries to go aerial with Insane Shane, that's a problem. So, in my opinion, Tyler Knight needs to be an opportunist. He needs to try to, some some would say, try to tire out Insane Shane as much as he can. But Tyler Knight better come up with a combination on how to beat him. And it's it's no easy task. And to me, he does not need to go ground with him because he because insane Shane knows he escapes. He doesn't need to go to the air with him. He he literally needs to knock insane Shane out in order for him to walk out with that evolution championship. And you're absolutely right about that, Cornbread. I mean, you look at it. Obviously, the odds makers have insane Shane the uh, early betting favorite in this contest, and you know insane Shane is. You know, he's got a wealth of experience here inside of the sports circle and in MMA, you know, and that's been the key to him 
getting a lot of victories, victories now, uh, what, two-time ASWF Evolution champion. And, uh, you know, he was able to end what was a pretty dominant reign for the former champion, D-Mike, in that penitentiary of pain in Tuckerman uh, at Halloween Resurrection. And he pinned the champion, Mike. Keep that in mind. It came down to those two. D-Mike and Insane Shane. And Insane Shane pinned the champion. The champion was eliminated last, right before he re-entered the penitentiary of pain. So we do have to keep that in mind. And you are right about that. I mean, that's the interesting thing about all this is Insane Shane. If you take Insane Shane, they, I, I believe you're absolutely correct on this. In that insane Shane is gonna, you know, try to, uh, you know, drag Tyler into the deep water, so to speak, and uh-huh. be able to pull out the victory here in this one. I don't expect this matchup to be quick. I expect Shane to come in and, right. uh, you know, guns a blazing. He's gonna uh, go for submissions. I, I mean, honestly, I'll call it right now. Here, what about a month out from Hostel Holidays? Insane Shane yeah. is probably going to submit Tyler Knight if I if I had my guess about it. Well, I well I will say this, Mike. If if Tyler Knight came in with the game plan, I, I'm going to tell you the ultimate game plan he needs to go after. He needs to take a body part and go after it. Because, and here's the reason I say this: if you take away the arm, you take away a point of submission. If you take away the leg. You take away his kicks, and you take away his his ability and agility to fly. He's got to go after one of those two, if not both of them. I mean, I would agree with that. You know, uh, Tyler Knight, the thing is in these contests, the challenger most times has such a small window to capitalize on. And it's going to be on right. Tyler Knight to be able to not only to not only be able to recognize that window, but to be able to capitalize on it. Indeed, and that's the thing about it. You know, I don't believe I I don't think that Tyler is ready to be able to capitalize on this. You know, Insane Shane is. I, I'll, I'll say this much: I think Insane Shane's in for quite a lengthy reign. Well, I, but, but I'll also say this for Insane Shane. He has more than just Tyler Knight he need to be looking after. Because if Insane Shane's mind is elsewhere and not on Tyler Knight, that's a monster mistake. Because even after that penitentiary pay match where he won the Evolution Championship, how came Steve-O? If his mind... It's more focused on Steve-O either coming from that curtain or coming from out of the crowd or even through the front door. If he's more focused on that, then it should be, then more than likely it'll be easy pickings mentally, mentally, for Tyler Knight. Otherwise, Tyler Knight, better, you better, like I said, you better come up with the combination to win. Here's the thing, Cornbread, though. Uh, you know, uh, Steve-O has his chance in this matchup to be the number one yeah. contender and to get his shot at Shane, yeah. and he wasn't able to win. He wasn't able to yeah. pull out the victory and uh, move on and 
challenge Tyler or challenge Insane Shane. That obviously going to be Tyler Knight because he was able to capitalize. Where where Stevo, who I believe let yet again his emotions get in the way, uh, you know, wasn't able to move on. Well, you know, you talk about emotion. You talk about emotions, Mike. I'm gonna throw this question at you. Who do you think, honestly, mentally? Who do you think will be mentally fresh going into this match? Tyler Knight or Insane Shane? Just mentally, mentally fresh. Who do you have going into this match mentally fresh? Well, I mean, and that's a heck of a question. Uh, And it boils down to me like this. Uh, We're going to have his – we're working, efforting to get his manager on the phone right now, but it's going to be a matter of how – Insulated, insane Shane is right now from outside oh, that's a, pressure. That's a good point. Like somebody, that's a good point. Like somebody like uh, Steve-O, like somebody like some of the other challengers that want to step up and take that title from him. If DJ can insulate his champion so much so that that Steve-O's not a problem, Tyler Knight's not a problem, nobody in the locker room is going to be a problem, and he can focus on this one matchup. It's not going to be a problem, but you know, if, if those issues start creeping in, then it could become an issue. Absolutely. Well, I tell I agree you with what, you. Uh, we're waiting, and here he comes right now. We have uh, the infamous DJ on the line right now. DJ, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Carnahan, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, we're also joined by Cornbread. I know you've been listening to us. But, uh, DJ, one thing I want to ask you is exactly what uh, Cornbread just posed to me. And I said it depends on how well you can insulate him. But is Insane Shane going to be able to go into this title defense against Tyler Knight just focused on Tyler? Or is he going to have outside distractions, namely Steve-O? Well... Let's go back a couple weeks ago. Remember when we talked last time about the penitentiary of pain and what our game plan was? Yeah. What was the game plan? Go in, get that evolution championship, nothing distracting us. We had one goal and one goal in mind. And by God, look what happened. We walked out the evolution champion. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. It does not matter who you put in front of us, who you put to the side of us, who you put behind us. Our goal is one thing and one thing only, and that is to keep that evolution championship around our ways. We don't care who's going to come after it. Be it Tyler Knight, who is, I'll give the kid credit. He lasted pretty good in that hell of uh, penitentiary of pain. It was a hell of a match. He put a hell of a fight up, excuse my language, but when it all comes said and done, he put up a good fight but he was not able to outlast Insane Shane or the other competitors. Two, and I cannot stress this enough, what right does Steve-O have to come in after the match to make his presence known? What is up with that? Agreed. You know, DJ, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Well, 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 what I was going to ask was DJ. Um, speak, speaking of that, and uh, I posed, you know, I 
pose this question to Mike, and I'm going to go ahead and pose this question to you. Um, in that championship match coming up with Tyler Knight and Insane Shane for the Evolution title, and, I'm, I mean, we all know how you, you know, you value uh, your client and, and, and the guy you've got right now. I'm going to stop you right there for a second, Conrad. Insane okay. Shane is not my client. He is I'll not my associate. He is a very close friend of mine who has my back as well as I have his back. There is no, there is a partnership here, but it is not a business client. I'm going to get that straight right now. Well, for, forgive, forgive me for that. My question, my question would be, and I posted it to Mike, and I want to, I want to get your answer to this one. Going into that Evolution Championship match between Tyler Knight and Insane Shane, what does Tyler Knight have to do in order to get that belt off of Insane Shane? I mean, granted, I, I pose I posed a couple of scenarios, and Mike talked about it a little bit, and, and quite well, I might add. I want to get your opinion on it. What what does Tyler Knight have to do to get that belt off Insane Shane? Which in this case is pretty much almost next to impossible at this point. Mm, I'm actually going to agree with you on that one, Cornbread. You're right; it is next to impossible. The only thing Tyler Knight can do is he's going to have to train day and night because no matter what he can bring to the table, Insane will have a reversal. He will have a counter, and he will have attack of his own. All three of those combined with Insane Shane, with the MMA background, with the square circle background, Tyler Knight just does not have the experience that Insane Shane does to take away that belt. It does not matter. You can throw a headlock on Insane Shane. He can easily turn that around into a crossface. You can throw an ankle lock on there. He can easily turn it around into a knee bar. It does not matter what you throw at Insane Shane. It's not going to take him off his game. I completely agree with you there. I completely agree with you there, DJ. I mean, as far as this goes, you know, I, I already called it. You know, what are we, about a month out from Hustle Holidays? And, I, I mean, I can't see Tyler Knight uh, not getting submitted in this contest. Like I explained it, and maybe you can expand upon this, uh, now that you have formed this uh, partnership and this uh, obviously good friendship with Insane Shane, Maybe you can expound upon this, but uh, Challenger seemingly has such a small window of opportunity to defeat a champion. And I just really don't think that Tyler is ready to recognize or he has the killer instinct to be able to capitalize on any small window Shane may give him. I think that's the thing right there is with myself and Insane Shane, it don't matter. I can be there or I don't have to be there. There is no small window. It will take a lot to create any type of distraction or to knock us off our game. It would have to take a miracle for him to be able to do that. And if he does that, he's got, what, less than a second to fix it? And Saint Shane can easily turn anything around. It does not matter what it is. Absolutely, and that's the deadly thing about Shane. I mean, you can see yourself locked up in that chokehold that Shane uses just in the blink of an eye, just that quick. And, I mean, that's the thing about it. You know, Shane uh, Shane's so deadly. 
whether it be striking, submission, anything, Shane can just wrap you up and you're going night-night. Pretty much, and it doesn't matter. We can get you in a reverse naked. We can get you in the Kimura for your arms. We can get you in a knee bar. We can get you in an ankle lock. It does not matter what part on that body that, as Cornbread likes to put it, he needed to go after his feet or he needed to go after his head. It doesn't matter because Tyler Knight will not have the chance to because we can do those same things to Tyler Knight with much more power and much more much more precision. So another. So, so in other words, it's best for the champion to strike hard, strike first, correct? You can say that, but I'm going to put an analogy that has been used for years and years and years in this business as well as other professions around the world. How do you defeat a player? Okay. Can you answer that I question mean, for me, Brad? How do you defeat a 900-pound grizzly bear – be it a baby or a full-size adult. Good point. Mm. Well, one, one, I don't think a tranquilizer gun is going to work. So it, it, it'll be very, very tough. And, and to be honest, I'm, I don't see how it can be done other than um, one trip to the Mississippi River, and I think it would be all good. See, that's your thing is people always go for the obvious answers. Water or tranquilizers. The best thing to do to take down a bear, it doesn't matter. Everybody knows the size of Insane Shane. He's five foot five, one thirty five. Doesn't matter if you're at the height of Steve or you're the height of Tyler Knight. One thing that Insane Shane has on anybody there is he's got the speed. What's one thing a person cannot do if they have no speed or they have no breath? They're done for, am I correct? You run yeah, that bear yeah. out of breath. Once that bear is out of breath, it's easy pickings. You can do whatever you want, when you want, and how you want, and that's exactly what's going to happen to Tyler Knight if he has the galls to say to ASWF management, hey, I want my title match before hostile holidays. Can I have it? Because I think I can take this man down. That's the one thing he cannot do. Well, so so in other words, so in other words, you probably would rather, quote unquote, have the rope dope technique, because um, because you mentioned that whole bear analogy. So it's all, so it kind of seems to me like in the answer, it's almost like a rope dope tactic, because because if you really think about it, the quickest of the two is insane shame. Exactly, and see that's the one thing that a lot of people don't understand about Shane is we're in the gym four to five days a week, six to seven hours a day, working on our cardio, working on our arms, working on our speed, working on everything that needs to be worked on. And the biggest thing that we are working on the most is the physiology and the psychology of every single person on that roster. Don't think we just sit back and watch tapes. No, we're taking notes. We're, we're actually getting inside these people's heads without them really knowing exactly what's going on. And that is the best psychology you can ever get to anybody. And they have no idea. That's all school for wrestling one-on-one. I agree with you. Go ahead, Mike. Absolutely. Well, DJ, DJ, I want to ask you, I know you're a busy man, and I know you're busy uh, with Shane picking up strategies, walking, watching tape, all that good stuff. But I want to ask you, before we let you go, 
What is your plan should something go awry with Steve-O? What is your plan in dealing with Steve-O? Because let's be honest, you're a very intelligent man, and I know that you have something up your sleeve. Carnahan, I like you, but just not to the full extent of indulging in every little thing that comes out of my mouth. I do have something planned up my sleeve. When will it be brought out? Nobody will know. And seeing that's the one thing that Steve-O and his associate, Brad, you never know exactly when our psychology is going to strike on them. You never know how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. It can happen this Saturday. It can happen at the next show. It can happen at the next show. It, even, it could even happen at Hostel Holidays. Nobody will know exactly when our plan will take full effect. Well, that's certainly something to keep your eye on, ladies and gentlemen. DJ, I want to wish you a good evening, and uh, can't wait to see you Saturday, man. I'll Thank be you there. Guys. You guys have a good night. You do the same. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the uh, friend of the uh, ASWF Evolution champion, Insane Shane. That you know, quite a bit of good information there. He was talking about with the uh, with the strategy and what they're thinking about uh, heading into this title defense against Tyler Knight. And you know, Insane mm-hmm. Shane did have a title defense this past show against Justin Vincent, and uh, yeah. And Shane Shane obviously found a way, came out victorious against a man who honestly I believe would be a more strong challenger and pose a stronger stronger threat to Insane Shane, being his championship, uh, you know, his championship lineage. You know, you know, we we've said it about Justin Vincent uh, a whole lot, and um, both both of us has, has, have called. Uh, a lot of his matches, and one thing about Justin Vincent, he I mean, he takes a lot of punishment, but he will not quit. And even, and, and, and I, I will have to agree with you on this point, Mike, um, concerning Justin Vincent. Now, the more you're in the ring with a champion of any sorts, whether it's heavyweight tag team or Evolution in this case, the more you're in the ring with a champion. The more you learn about the champion, sometimes you're going to learn his strengths, sometimes you learn his weaknesses. But the deal about it is you don't want to get caught on the other side. And that's what happened here with Dustin Vincent, which is the primary reason why St. Shane retained his title. But even the champion has realized that, you know, eventually, as the old saying goes, you know, your day in the sun must one day come to an end. I'm, I'm, I don't know if they'll happen anytime soon with Insane Shane, but right now he's on a roll since Penitentiary of Pain and Halloween Resurrection. And you know what? I'm not sure what's stopping him at this point, but he did was a, a great, great, great um, attempt and a great, great fight put up by Justin Minton, but. It's hard to stop a man when he's on the road like in St. Shane is. 
You're absolutely right about that, and you're right. It was a valiant effort by Justin Vincent, but it'll certainly be interesting to watch what happens going forward in that one. How about this one? We got some first-round action between Gaston and Garion, the number one seed in the ASWF Tag Team Championship Tournament, as they took on mm-hmm. Jake Black and a partner of his choosing, that being mm. shockingly, to everybody's surprise, Excalibur. Excalibur seeming wow. to uh, want to throw his name in the Tag Team Championship Tournament scene, but uh, to no avail as Excalibur and Jake Black go down easily to the number one seed, the storybook Prince Gaston and Gary and Tier. Well, Gaston and Gary and Tier, you know, some say they, don't, they really don't have, quote-unquote, anything to prove. Well, bottom line, you know, they were the ones that, that were the recipients of that tag title loss. And bottom line, they came in as focused and as aggressive as they could be. And it didn't matter who Jake Black had as had his tag team partner, even if it was his caliber. They were the most fo- they were the most fo- focused team throughout this whole match. And that's why they got the win. And bottom line They've come out and they've said it straight up. They want the belts back. You're right about that. I mean, that's the thing about it. You look at this tag team championship tournament, and it's really going to be a a you know thing of wills, a test of wills, and who has the bigger will and the more want to be the ASWF tag team champions. And let's be honest, nobody, and I do mean nobody has more to prove in this tournament than the number one overall seed, the storybook Prince and Gary and Tier. I mean, you're talking about guys who, unfortunately, just completely humiliated at Halloween Resurrection. Absolutely unacceptable that they were even put in that position. But, you know, losing the tag team championships, I talked to the storybook Prince afterwards, and he said that was the most, embarrassing night of his life losing those titles and you can guarantee that they will you know if they have anything to do with that it they will have those tag team belts back around their waist but I'll say this for but I'll say this for Gaston maybe this win to probably get his head straight because he tried to cash in the golden ticket when he when he had the golden ticket tried to cash in. He cashed in unsuccessfully. And this is why he was the tag team champion before the title loss. So he needed a rebound and needed a rebound in a hurry because everybody is literally trying to go past him past the finish line at this point. So he needed to have his head on straight. It's me. I think he got it together. And with Gary and Tier by his side, man, that's going to be a tough, tough combination to beat. You're absolutely right about that. Let's talk about the other tag team matchup that uh, we had in this contest uh, or in the, on this night. Uh, the Manai, Ray Ray and Asa Morta, the number two overall seed, defeat X-Ray and the debuting Maverick to advance in the tournament. Wow. Obviously, they uh, you know, X-Ray brought in a partner to try to gain his first championship taste of gold in the ASWF, but unsuccessful. And the interesting thing about this is 
we saw a little bit of the old school Ray, meaning that we saw the playful, joking, high-fiving Ray, and then something snapped. And this time, the, the thing that snapped was Asa Mortis slapping Ray to bring out the Suicide King. And uh, it kind of worries me for uh, the Soybook Prince and the others in this tournament because does this mean that the Manai have found a way to harness that energy? Or, or, let's stretch that question a little bit, Mike. Or, did they find what they have what they have been missing for 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 quite some time? The killer instinct. You know, with, you know, when it comes to this, you know, in and you know, props to um, Ed, you know, Excalibur, or excuse me, excuse me, X-Ray, um, and his partner in this matchup. But I hate to say it, but wrong place, wrong time, because the Manana needed. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is one of the one of the ones where the Manana really, really. I don't. I don't like to call anybody like a wild card team or, or or a dark horse team at this point. But if there was any team that really needed to rebound, or any unit that really needed to rebound, it was the Manai. In, in my in my estimation, they rebounded a little bit. Um, not only during the the six man war that, that of course we held as match of the year uh, candidacy, but also. Um, you mentioned it with um, with the Enforcer and uh, Halloween Resurrection. That was a must win, and he got it. And I think now, at this point, based off of that win inside the Tag Team Tournament, I think the Manai have may have found that killer instinct that may have been missing. If it took a Samorta slapping the Suicide King into quote-unquote a trance or quote-unquote tunnel vision, then maybe that's what it, maybe that's what it's going to take to, you know, at least close out the year as ASWF Tag Team Champions in my view. Well, I mean, Cornbread, you make a good point about that, you know, and that's why I call them a strong number two seed would the uh, Manai be is it's because, you know, they have seemed to harness this energy. But another number one contender, Wish Crown, this time for the ASWF Championship, as Cataclysm <clears throat> defeated Heinzman, or I'm not sure what we call this dude now. I'm going to, uh, I guess we can start calling him Giggles, because ever since that penitentiary of pain, this dude. Steve's got something no. on. This dude's not all there. I mean, he's just laughing whenever he's in pain. I, I, good Lord. I mean, there's something off this dude's rocker. But Cataclysm able to withstand all of that and uh, now is the number one ranked challenger to get back what he used to call his trophy, the ASWF Championship. But uh, he's got a tall task in front of him, and he met that tall task at the end of this contest as Josh Cross came out and got a little bit of an early start, as, you know, any champion is entitled to, as he uh, jumps Cataclysm from behind. Well, 
I, I think in Crawford's case, he's there to make a statement. And that statement is, if you're the next one in line for my title, I'm going to stop you dead in your tracks before you even make before you even make a move. I'm going to be literally Crawford's thinking, hey, if he's the next one to come after my title, I'm going to stop him dead in his tracks. Because the Suicide King and Ace Immortal already advanced in the tournament. They're on the quote-unquote gold rush, so to speak. And now with Cataclysm as number one contender for the heavyweight title, Cross is making sure he has nobody in his path towards that goal. And I said it before with Cataclysm, and I said it before with, with Ray and Acer and the whole Manai. Could the end of 2019 be the rebound year for the Manai? Can, they, can all three go home with championship goal? That would be yet to, I guess they say, no, that remains to be seen. But Cross, I mean, in this case, you can't yeah. blame him. I mean, and that's the thing about this contest. You know, you look at it, the Manai could literally end out 2019 as the most powerful organization or group of people in ASWS history. They would not only control the tag team championships, but they would also control the ASWF championship. Uh, I mean, yeah. what's going to stop them? Right, That's the um, question. What could reason go, go. stop this group of psychopaths? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm. Um, Wow. <laughs> I think you got me on that one, Mike. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's exactly what I think the ASWF is trying to figure out right now is just how to contain this. Because, I mean, you can control the Manai, obviously. You can only hope to contain them for a turn of phrase. But it will certainly be something to uh, keep your eye on. But the main event was also something to keep your eye on as against my better judgment, the ASWF granted the big man K. Tumor yet another shot at the ASWF championship as he was uh, yet again unsuccessful in defeating Josh Cross, the original misfit. This time, though, he was able to pick up the victory, or excuse me, Josh Cross was able to pick up the victory by disqualification thanks to the mm-hmm. aforementioned number one ranked challenger cataclysm coming in and costing Tumor the championship. Well, you know, you know, Larry, you know, Larry Sabisco once said, you know, in this business you can make friends or you can make money. And for Josh Cross and for Mr. KT as as the latter of the two. And Josh Cross knew and here's the thing. Since, and might as well go ahead and take this all the way back to Halloween Resurrection. Since Tay Tumor, because many people say he was robbed on that night of that championship, the night he had that title one in Halloween Resurrection, right when Josh Cross cashed in the golden ticket and won the title in that three-way. You know, Tay Tumor had an opportunity to redeem, redeem himself here. And, you know, 
I guess the old saying goes, you know, how many more times can you challenge for a championship? I will say this for KT. Maybe he may be out of the title picture for probably a little bit now, but I think a few more wins will put him back right back inside of it. But for Josh Cross, what can you say about the veteran? Easy, 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 especially if you have the champion's advantage. Because you know, as well as I do, Mike, count out disqualification means the champ retains his belt no matter who gets it. And Cross, regardless of who came out, Cross knew that, hey, he could not lose the title. And bottom line, he's DQ. But now he has to look past KT and look forward to Cataclysm. Well, and you're right about that. I mean, and it seems like, and you saw a little bit of the frustration boiling over to the big man K Tumor in that contest. Oh, yeah. You saw at the end of it, he literally yelled at Cataclysm, You cost me. Excuse me. Literally, he was able to recompose himself and walk off. But you've got to wonder, number one, how much this, how he's going to be able to control this anger and channel it moving forward. And number two, you really got to say he's going back to the drawing board at this point. Well, well, sometimes you have to have regroup points. You know, know, every athlete. Um, on the plane, no, every athlete in sports always needs that time to regroup, especially after coming off of multiple losses. And especially for K. Tumor, I mean, look how many championship matches he's had. I mean, no, not taking up for the guy. I'm not taking up for the champion either, being impartial straight down the middle here. Look how many championship matches he's had, whether it's against Josh Cross or whether it's against the former champion, Curtis Dawn. Look how many title matches he has had, even in tag team matches. Tag team title matches. And has come up short. So now, what will KT do? What will the big man do? Will he rebound? Can he rebound? Or, you know, as you know, as you know, eloquently put it, does he have to go back to the drawing board and really figure out what the issue is? Well, and I mean, that may very well be exactly what he has to do. He may very well have to go back to the drawing board and try to decide what it's going to take to get his uh, to get his championship drive back on target, you know, back on the road. Because, I mean, you he went from literally the potential to be the quickest rising person to the ASWF championship to now where is Tumor going? What is Tumor going to do from here? And for that matter, what are we going to see leading up to their championship match from the psychotic savior and Josh Cross? Now, that will be a war. That will be a war. No question about it. Cataclysm and Cross will be a war. You're absolutely right about that. But, Cornbread, we're, all, we're about out of time here for this evening. Go ahead and give us your final thoughts heading into another action-packed night of ASWF action this Saturday night live from the Valiant Arena. 
Well, 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 Mike, and to everyone, to everyone listening, and to everyone watching on Facebook Live, bottom line, you really, you really want, you know, the best value. Forget you no know, sports entertainment. The best value in professional sports. You really want that? I'd invite you. We invite you to come on down to the Valley Arena, Tuckerman, Arkansas, two hundred one Highway three sixty seven North. Yes. It's the legendary Valiant Arena. Only five bucks gets you in, folks. It's going to be an incredible from top top of the card to bottom of the card, all the way through. Not one bad match on the card. Not one bad evening or anything on the card. It's that good. Be there. This Saturday, 7 p.m. start time, it will be incredible. Join us right there at the legendary Valiant Arena for ASWF All-Star Wrestling Federation. Bottom line, it is the place to be on Saturday nights. You're absolutely right about that, Cornbread. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't say it any better than my broadcast colleague just said. This Saturday night, live 201 Highway 367 North, you've got guys like the ASWF champion, the original Misfit, Josh Cross, the Evolution champion, Insane Shane. You've got Steve-O hot on his tails along with the challenger, Tyler Knight. You have all sorts of action getting ready to explode this Saturday night in the Valiant Arena there at 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's only $5 to get in the door. Kids six and under are going to be there for free. The doors open at 530. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to be there just that early to make sure you get a good seat. But you're only going to need the edge of it, as they say. For my broadcast colleague, Cornbread, I am the voice of the ASWF. And don't you forget it, Michael Carnahan. I'll see you this Saturday night at ASWF. Look out. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the track, and I stop it.